0: Hello water safety advocates. Welcome back to Aqua Talk. Today I speak with Brian Avery from Swim Tyka, and we talk about his charity that brings volunteer swim instructors to third world countries to teach the children there how to swim. We all know they're around a lot of water. They're comfortable in the water but they would not know how to save their lives in an emergency situation. So Brian talks all about his program, how people can get involved, and what it's all about. So let's get started. Hi everybody, today we have Brian Avery with Swim Tyka here. Welcome, Brian.
1: Thank you very much, and thank you for inviting me.
0: You're very welcome. Now, I found you on Facebook, I want to say a couple months ago, and saw this initiative that you have um, with Swim Taika going to third world countries, like underdeveloped countries, and teaching the children how to swim. Can you tell me a little bit how you got involved with that and your background in aquatics that made you um, veer in this direction?
1: Absolutely, yes, yes. So... um, I'm swimming myself. Uh, I've been swimming for many years. Um, I used to do uh, life-saving swimming and competitions when I was much younger. Uh, then I grew up, um, had a family, uh, veered away from swimming for a long period of time. Um, then I went traveling. Um, I went traveling uh, about 10 years ago. Um, traveled around the world, I had the opportunity to be able to do that. Uh, but when I was traveling around the world I'm always keeping an eye out with regards to, um, because of my swimming background and life saving um, right. in lo- locations where I went to. Um, mm-hmm. Um, fo was finding that you go to all these beautiful locations, the beautiful beaches around the world, in the Caribbean, it could be wherever you are in the world, uh, and you enjoy it. Uh, you enjoy being on the beach, you enjoy going swimming, you enjoy snorkeling, scuba diving, uh, and you're you just wrapped up in this little bubble. Uh, but what you don't actually realize is the local children the local people don't know how to swim. Uh, which, which came as a big shock to me. Uh, quite often I'd be on a dive boat going out, about, about to go diving, and, and the local people who were working on the boats, um, I'd say to them, why aren't you coming in the water with us? Why don't you come diving? And they said, well, we can't swim. And I said, well, you live on a boat. <laughs> what do you mean you can't swim? Uh, it's yeah. it's a- a- Absolutely. And I said, well, why can't you swim? They said, well, they've never been taught. they never had the opportunity to be taught. Um, so that, that sort, of, sort of triggered a point in, in in what I was doing when I was traveling. Right. Uh, and and the more the more I went traveling, the more I found out that these beautiful locations, um, they didn't have any... They, they had swimming schools for the people who um, could afford it. It um, seemed to be like the privileged people. Uh, but, but learning to swim is a life skill. You might be taught how to, to speak English or do math or do sciences. Uh, but at the end of the day... Um, learning to swim w- will save your life
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and has the ability to be able to do that. And you might be able to save somebody else's life in, in doing so. Uh, so, so it's a very, very important skill. Uh, and the fact that only privileged people have access to it is just, just absurd.
0: Right. Uh,
1: so I went over to uh, Peru um, about four years ago, about four years ago, almost of the day Right. Um, helped out a small charity that was working there called Otra Costa network, uh, which is a UK charity basically went there to, help them with a swimming program, uh, okay. to see with regards to how we can do things and how, how we can improve it. Uh, and what I realized when we actually got out to uh, Peru, which was in Chaco, which is in the north of Peru, a small uh, village, I, I, I realized at a very early stage that all the, 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 the volunteers were doing was taking the children to the beach, And really being guardians, looking after them for two or three hours on the beach while they played in the water. The children had lots and lots of confidence in the water. Um, You'd see waves coming in, you'd think, oh my God, look at all these waves, are they going to be? And and they'd just dive through them, and and they were used to that because they live around the water. Right. uh, And they had huge amounts of confidence. Uh, But if they got out of their depth and any more than three or four meters, uh, they don't know how to swim. Uh, and, and they do drown. They, quite, they have a little pier there, and quite often the, the, the young teenagers dare each other to jump off the end of the pier and swim back in. Uh, mm-hmm. And many, many of them drown and die. Uh, and so it was, it was becoming a, a, a big issue. Uh, and in Huanchaco, it's, it's, it's becoming more touristy for, for the local people. So Trujillo is the, the nearest city. To Huanchaco, and at weekends they would have lots and lots of Peruvian people coming to Huanchaco to enjoy the beaches and enjoy the vibrance that's there. Uh, But many, many of them can't swim. um, Many of them just cannot swim. So I basically took the initiative while I was there uh, to actually see whether we can start up swimming lessons, finding a swimming pool, um, getting some money in to basically pay for the children to go on transportation to go to the swimming pool, and uh, getting everything working for it. Uh, and the first year we had about 20 children, uh, 20 local children. But the, these local children were, were from an environment um, that's almost been ostracized from the local community. That They were parents who um, were going, either going through a divorce or being um, bullied in some ways. So so and they get pushed out of society uh, because yeah. they don't fit in uh, regardless of what people cast as socially acceptable. Uh, and that's what this local charity was doing. Was, was helping these these parents and these women to, to basically get together as a community to, to try and Im- improve and empower them to be able to do things. Uh, and Audra Costa Network basically we're helping helping the women, uh, helping the children, teaching them about the environment, giving them sports, teaching them English, uh, to basically give them a step up. And this is normally during the summer periods in in particular. And that's that's when when um, I went out there. Right. Uh, which is in summer period in Peru is from um, January through to the beginning of March hmm. uh, with, with them being in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. Uh, so, so we ran a program there uh, for, for the two, two, two and a bit months. Uh, and that was very, very successful after running that program. um started thinking, well, there must be an organization out there that, that, that supports um, different remote communities and supports these NGOs and charities right. uh, to, to be able to, provide swimming lessons uh, and I checked and I could not find any organization that, that basically looked after um, or supported these other organizations. Um, mm-hmm. You have big organizations like the World Health Organization, which are pushing things uh, UN level wise and trying to put things in place. Yeah, uh, and, and I quite learned at an early stage with regards to how many people actually lose their lives in the world uh, so, so the World Health Organization produced some uh, statistics um, a few years ago. Uh, and there's, there's over 360,000 people uh, lose their lives through drowning every year, uh, which, is, which is totally preventable.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and basic, basically that works out to one person every 90 seconds is losing their life. Uh, wow. and, and, and children um, are, are, are the biggest at risk. Uh, in fact, from, from age of one to four are most at risk. Uh, and that's due to the fact that people haven't had the education about how dangerous it is near water uh, and, and what happens and what goes on. Uh, in, in fact, over half the people who drown are actually under 25. And that's because they have the confidence near water, but don't realise, of what the dangers are uh, and how to respect it. And because we couldn't really find an organisation that that could um, support these different organisations around the world, uh, there, were, there were pockets that we found. There was places in Indonesia that had swimming schools. There was places in Vanuatu uh, that had swimming schools that were running, but they're all very local, uh, and they're all doing their own things. But they're all doing the same. Th- they're all working in low resource countries. Uh, So they don't have the facilities, they don't have the equipment to be able to do things. That's where Swim Tyke was born, uh, to basically try and support these local communities um, and support the local NGOs and local charities in that area. But um, basically, we we, we put together a five-year program. Uh, and, that, and that five-year program um, starts off by um, us getting swimming teachers uh, who basically sponsor themselves. They raise money to be able to go out to these locations yeah. to get programs started uh, in in those locations. Uh, and by that way, we, we, the program then starts working and starts moving forwards uh, on on how we can try and start the, the start of our five-year cycle uh, with the intention that, that by year five um, we basically got the, lo- the local government involved the local schools there's local swimming instructors um, basically run, running the programs locally for us uh, right. so that, that way it becomes then sustainable and we can, we can help more organizations uh, around the world
0: and what year are you in now
1: um so as, as a charity we've been running for just over two years
0: okay
1: uh, so, so not not very long uh, so we are i a sort a new charity um we've, we've been recognized by, by the world health organization regards to what we're doing so they, they recognize us and understand what we're, what we're up to um and uh, more, more and more organizations are now starting to come to us uh, to say can they help uh, and, and can 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 we then help other organizations around the world and put them in touch.
0: When organizations come to you and say, how can we help? What are some of the ways that, that they can help?
1: Yes, yeah, so, so, so we're always after swimming teachers, uh, so qualified swimming teachers. Uh, so quite often there'll be swimming schools, um, there'll be individual s- swimming organizations uh, that have the swimming teachers. Uh, right. And what we, what we do is we, we try and encourage them to come out to one of our programs uh, wherever wherever they are in the out in the world uh, so, so at the moment for example we've got um, they, they have different times in the year uh, so we have Peru which happens from January to March uh, right. beginning of March then we have Brazil this is a little remote uh, village in Brazil that we will look after and that's from beginning of April to the end of May each year we also have Bali So that's working with another partner out there called Swim Do, and that's in July and August. Uh, We have like two week slots that people can go out out to those locations to basically help. And we also have Mozambique as well, which happens in two weeks uh, in August. Uh, So so they're all um, one of the nice destinations to go to. uh, But more importantly, you're actually working with local people. You'll be staying with local people uh, and working with them to try and help the community and try and help build up the swimming programs. Uh, to, to, to what you're doing, so so, so quite often people, um, let's say for example, uh, for, for Mozambique, um, if, if somebody wants to come out there, um, there's, there's there's a cost uh, involved in doing it. Uh, there's yes. a cost with regards to uh, accommodation, transportation, and also uh, money to basically, to basically run run the program, right. uh, and, and likewise in so each one has a different cost. Uh, associated with it we try and get people either to pay that cost up front themselves um, or they can raise money through donations or or, or different ways of um, raising money to be able to support them to be able to go out to programs like this Um, because we're we're fully aware that swimming teachers do it because it's a passion um, uh, and that they enjoy it. they don't do it for the money uh, and (laughs) for them to be able to go out to places like Peru um, is just really a dream um, so, so we try and facilitate to be able to help them to be able to afford to go out to those locations uh, and give, give them means to be able to um, help with their fundraising uh, and try and try and raise the money for them to be able to get out to those locations. Uh, right. and of course we, 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 it's not just about running the programmes. So of course, when they're out there, the programmes are just Monday to Fridays. Uh, They then have the weekends to do whatever they want to go and explore the local culture, get involved. Um, And likewise, once the program's finished, they can stay on longer if they want to.
0: I called you because I wanted some fundraising ideas, how I could go to one of these locations in the future. Um, Would you mind just listing off a few of your ideas that you give volunteers or that you've given me uh, so they can attend your program?
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So there's, there's many ways you can do fundraising uh, or crowdsourcing. Uh, it depends where you are in the world regardless of what, what, what you call it. Um, but there's anything from uh, financing it yourself Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you, you pay out of your own pockets um, you can go out to friends and family uh, and ask them with regards to, you tell you tell them in regards to what you're doing you tell them about the charity uh, you explain to them in regards to where the money's going uh, which is which is very important especially when you're asking friends and family for money to yeah. be able to go out to these nice locations uh, they want to make sure that if they're donating anything that it's going going for, for you going for the right reasons uh, so, so there's there's that way of doing Um, raising money Uh, you can have um, you can do swimming events uh, so organize local swimming events uh, to basically get people to to sponsor either yourself or try and get a club uh, to to, to basically run an event Um, you can have cake stands Um, you can go you can do running events you can do marathons uh, and raise money that way so there's lots of different ways that you could do things uh, to to, to raise money we also try and encourage uh, people who who do like maybe work um, to, to maybe approach local businesses Right. Uh, and ask them to see if they will sponsor them uh, and, and quite often you'll get a local business who will for every every pound or dollar that you you raise and they'll match it which means then there's only you only have to raise half the amount of money uh, that's required because you've got a local business that will support you as well uh, so there are, there are many different ways you can do things
0: That's awesome. So if people wanted to be part of your organization and volunteer for you, we will link um, all these ways in the show notes. And I'll also link your email so they can get in contact with you and learn more about the program.
1: Yes, absolutely. That's brilliant. Thank you.
0: So in the past two years, how many volunteers and how many people on your team do you have now?
1: Uh, So at the moment, um, this year we've got about 20 volunteers uh, Mm -hmm. going out to our programs. Uh, So so it varies. Each program uh, has a different criteria. Uh, So, for example, in in Peru at the moment, uh, they're all local people uh, because the program's now been going for three or four years. Uh, So we have local uh, coordinators that are running it. Uh, Oh, awesome. It's getting very close to being sustainable. Um, This year in particular, we're trying to get local governments and local businesses involved. Uh, so it can be more, more sustainable on that side. Um, going to our Mozambique project, uh, we have about eight volunteers uh, which are going out there. Uh, okay. And that's just running over the two-week period. Uh, and that's going to reach out to about 500 children altogether over that two weeks.
0: That's awesome.
1: There's a huge amount of children it's going to reach out to, uh, yeah. which, which, is, which is really, really good. Uh, in, in total, I think throughout the year, we've got about 20 volunteers. Okay. Uh, right. We're actually um, actively involved in regards to what we're doing. Um, we have a lot of others who are, who are interested, but they're not quite ready this year. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's, there's quite a few of those people. Uh, so we, we keep in touch with them on a regular basis. And it's a case of when, when they're ready to do it, uh, being able to get the time off uh, the normal day, day-to-day job that they normally yeah. do, uh, <laughs> and, and get their head around how they're going to do it. A lot of people also, we find that, Um, They want to know uh, when they get out of the locations, who will look after them, uh, what will happen, uh, because people need to know that they're going to be safe because they're staying with local families, who's going to support them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and that works in the sense that uh, we're already working with a local NGO and a local charity. Uh, So so they they are the people, they, they deal with volunteers on a regular basis. Uh, and they already have um, either, either a volunteer house, they have the support, um, they have all the network in, in place uh, to be able to deal with volunteers and help volunteers. Uh, the transportation, okay. if you get into any medical issues or anything else like that, uh, they have a 24-hour hotline uh, to, to be able to help you. So, so that's all, all supported as part of the program. Uh, as, as, and um, if you want to go on like a cultural tour and things like that, they, they can yeah. help you with all that. Uh, And that's helped a lot at a local level.
0: That's awesome. Actually, that was one of my questions about accommodations with volunteers. With your program, you teach children how to swim, but do you also have a water safety component teaching them the importance of water safety? What is safe? What is not safe around the water and stuff like that?
1: We do, yes. In, in, in fact, we're very lucky in the UK because uh, we have an organisation called the RNLI, uh, which is a Royal National Lifeboat Institution, uh, which has been around in the UK uh, for, for, for uh, just over 100 years, I think. Um, and they're a huge, a huge charity in the UK, which look after all the coastal towns. Uh, they have lifeboats, they have lifesavers. Um, but what they've started doing now, uh, in, in the last 10 years or so, they have an international arm. Uh, and they've been going out to places like Tanzania and Bangladesh, uh, where there's a high drowning rate uh, to basically set up programs uh, right. in low resource countries. Uh, and as a result, uh, they, they produce uh, some manuals, um, some, some low resource uh, drowning prevention manuals, okay. uh, which, which they give away free of charge. They say if, if, any, if any of this helps other countries or other organizations uh, to, to be able to help reduce down drowning, then use this material. Uh, and, and, and that's what we use um, it talks about um, putting up barriers teaching about where it's safe uh, to, to go near water and about young children keeping them away from water and and, and all, all those aspects of it it's not just about teaching them to swim right um, it's, it's about everything around uh, the prevention of drowning uh, and how you can help it and it might even be in, in communities like in, in Bangladesh um, where the women actually go out to work uh, and they have a high rate of young children dying uh, or, or drowning in the waters. Uh, because yeah. they all ha- all have ponds directly outside uh, where, where they live. Uh, and it tends to be the children that are looking after the younger children. Uh, and of course, they're not educated around that. So in places like that, it's a case of get, getting um, creches, uh, a nursery set up uh, in those type of locations. So that that's what... <clears throat> The whole aspect of reducing down drownings about is finding out what the source is and co- what's causing the problem to try and put things in place uh, right. that aren't necessarily around around teaching swimming. Uh, it could be all, all different aspects of it.
0: Yeah, the barriers, right? The yes. barriers around drowning prevention. Yes, I'm glad you have a safety program. Language barriers. Mm-hmm. All of your programs, I I can't say all, but I'm pretty sure most of the countries that you're in don't speak English. English Correct. isn't their first language. So Correct. how do you get around that?
1: <laughs> oh, yes. So I didn't know much Spanish before I went to Peru. I was trying to learn how to use um, and, and talk Spanish. Um, um, you do, ideally, you do want, you need to have either either Spanish or Portuguese. Uh, They're the, the main languages. Uh, so, so Peru is um, Spanish. Uh, Brazil is Portuguese. Mozambique is Portuguese. Um, oh. we're, we're quite lucky that we do work with local people. Uh, so, so we always make sure that there is a local person speaking the language. Um, we do try and encourage um, any volunteers coming out to have a basic understanding of the language uh, that they're going out to. Um, mm-hmm. we, we have flashcards um, we, which we have in both languages. Oh, uh, good. When we we're with the children, the the, the plastic, the laminated cards that we can say, right, float as a star. This is what you do. <laughs> but it's, in, it's, it's in Spanish and English. Uh, so they can see straight away with regards to what it is and what, what they need to do. So, mm-hmm. so they understand that. Uh, so yeah, absolutely right. So someone like in in Brazil, um, they don't speak any English at all. Yeah. Um, so it's important that you do have some understanding of, of, of Portuguese. Uh, and before you go, there's uh, we're quite lucky. So the local NGO uh, does provide a um, like a, a training um, online training course that you can go on. Okay. Uh, and also when you're out there as well uh, immersed immersed with the local people they can give you extra lessons right how you do things so yeah you get the full support of the, the local charity the local NGO
0: oh that's awesome yeah I was thinking when I was thinking of uh, going out to volunteer that was going to be one of my personal biggest challenges because I think most women instructors when we teach we explain what we want the child to do starfish float open your arms big and wide, put your eyes in the water. Like, you know what I mean? So I think that would be a really big challenge for me as well as other volunteers.
1: So that's good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's other, other things you've got to consider as well. It's, it's, you got to think about regards. What, what's your purpose? What? Why are you there? Uh, you, right. You're there to basically teach children that if they get into a situation that they can they can self-rescue themselves. <clears throat> uh, so um, we're a very big believer that um, you don't really we don't really we, we do take goggles. Uh, we do take swimming hats out with us, but we try and deter from the initial lessons for them using them uh, because if if they do fall in off the side of a boat, um, they won't have goggles on. They won't have a hat on. Uh, so, so by, by getting used to having the water in their eyes and the water going mm-hmm. over the face, uh, being able to hold onto the boat with one hand and uh, but being able to so it 's all those type of things you 've got to think about it 's a different way of teaching uh, mm-hmm. I think one, one of the biggest things as a swimming teacher i 'm a swimming teacher myself as well i 'm only a part time swimming teacher um, but because the children have a lot of confidence in the water um, they so so want to learn how to swim properly right uh, and from going from just being able to keep yourself um being able to get it's almost like they can jump in the water they'll hit the bottom they'll push themselves up they grab a hold of the side uh, in in deep water yeah uh, uh, and being able to get them to float like a star being able to get them to swim five meters it happens in a matter of days yeah
0: uh,
1: because they've got such a, a drive to do it uh, and because they have the confidence in the water it's such an easy exactly.
0: step they're not afraid but, of it
1: so so easy yes yes
0: and with those children i guess because you're only there for two weeks you can't really be technique focused you're there to teach them how to survive and then after that if you have time you can teach them the proper technique like front crawl bent arm back crawl whatever but i guess for the two weeks correct me if i'm wrong that you're just trying to teach them how to save themselves
1: there is, on, on a two-week program, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's just it's around uh, the prevention of drowning. Uh, and that, right. That's the, the main purpose of actually uh, running the programs. But where we have programs like in Peru and Brazil, they're, they're over, over two months. Uh, so, so we do get more time with the children, uh, and we right. can take them further. We try and encourage uh, the older children, the teenage children, to try and come on like a uh, train the trainer program. Uh, so, so we then are getting them to start teaching the younger children
0: yeah,
1: and get them uh, confident that they can potentially take exams so they can become teachers themselves or become lifeguards uh, and potentially then get jobs from it as well. Um, in, in Peru, um, in Huanchaco, it's, it's the, the original birthplace of surfing. Uh, so there's lots and lots of surfing there. But of course, if, you're gonna, if you want to surf, you need to know how to swim. Yeah. Uh, one goes to the other. Um, if you want to go to locations where people are diving, for you to be um, a, a dive instructor, you need to know how to swim. Uh, so so all, all of these jobs, which will suddenly become available to these children uh, as they get older, because they do know how to swim, they have the confidence in the water uh, to, to be able to do what they need to be able to do.
0: Right. I was wondering about the swim teacher training program and who you select for those programs and what your process is and what qualification do they get if they get any, because... <clears throat> You know, Canada has different qualifications than the states than they do in. uh...
1: Absolutely, yes, yeah, yeah, very much so. And it's, (coughs) excuse me, I suppose for for us uh, as a charity, we we're we don't we're not particularly focused on any particular method uh, with regards to doing it. Our focus is, is to get the children so so they're taught.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so, so they can they can get to a, a certain level that, that, that they can then pass their knowledge on on to other people. And you're absolutely right. When we get to the teach the teacher program, you've got to say, okay, which process are we going to use? Exactly. Uh, so, so, for example, in in, in Mozambique, um, they have a very close tie to um, the International Federation of Swimming Teachers Association, which is an organization which which is born from the UK, uh, the STA. Okay. Uh, and And they're actually sponsoring for um, a teach-the-teacher to go out there. Uh, So they're paying for the flights and the local NGOs paying for local accommodation. Uh, So so that particular person is uh, an STA-qualified teach-the-teacher to be able to do it uh, because they sponsored it. Uh, So it's more a case of a particular location has a particular preference, whether it's from Canada or wherever it might be, wherever that connection might be, if they were to sponsor it, uh, then of course then they'll start using... Um, that, that type of method and, and what, what they're doing uh, it's, it's, it's similar to like um, uh, we have a major sponsor which is called Zogs uh, which, which is um, uh, swimwear for children uh, and, and, and aids for children so it's, it would have like sinkers which float which sink to the bottom of the pool that the children get um, and th- they're one of the major sponsors for us uh, and that they give us boxes, which we send out to those locations. Uh, so it has swimming costumes. It has lots of bits and pieces with inside. Right. Uh, and the benefit for them is the fact that they're supporting our programs, uh, but also that, that it's the fact that the children then grow up knowing that brand, uh, knowing that that helped them.
0: Yeah. Uh, and
1: and, and it's, it's the same principle with regards to um, the, the Teach the Teacher program. Is once they understand and know a particular program, they tend to try and stay with it. Uh, and then move forward so then that grows inside that country and moves forward Uh, Mozambique's a particular example of that because we've got the local um, uh, since we started advertising for Mozambique we've had a lot of people with inside Mozambique that are really interested in what we're doing uh, because they're trying to make it grow in that country as well
0: now if volunteers want to get involved you have a pretty lengthy application process um Can you tell us more about that and what they need?
1: Yes. So so we're very conscious of the fact that um, uh, there's something called volunteering tourism, uh, that people just come onto programs um, just because they want to go to Peru or want to go to Mozambique or Bali uh, and try and get it funded so that they can get a charity to basically help them get out to those locations. Right. Uh, But the, the main reason for doing it is because they want to have a holiday there. Uh, as opposed to helping the programs. Yeah. So, so part of our um, application, pro, uh, application process is, first of all, um, we ask people to sign up online. Um, that then activates um, uh, a, uh, a volunteer application. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll ask for basic information to, uh, to start with. Uh, so, so where they're from, uh, why they're interested in it, what, what the qualifications are we're also because we're dealing with vulnerable people vulnerable children uh, we put them through a background uh, we, we do a criminal background check
0: right uh, so
1: whichever country they're from uh, we have all the processes in place to make sure we, we go through a criminal background check uh, they might already have one which they can use um right. or they might not i mean then we we'll go through that process of making sure that they're that, they're, that, they're, that, they're, that they haven't got any criminal backgrounds essentially and, and they're safe to work with children mm-hmm. um we also put them through um we have a little I would say not test, but it's like a little course we do online uh, for safeguarding children. Um, but it's, it's, it's not only just to safeguard children, the course. It's also to protect them as individuals, so they're aware of things, making sure right. that they're always with another, another adult, whenever they're with young children, uh, yeah. so they don't leave themselves vulnerable, um, how to handle children, what to do, what to say to them. So it deals with all those aspects of things, and we give oh. that as part of the training. We also ask for two references. Because uh, of course we don't know who they are, so we ask for some um, references about their work, their swimming teaching, and what they do. Uh, then we ask for all the qualifications that they, they, they might potentially have uh, in in their country, uh, and just check on that. Once they've done that, <clears throat> uh, that's that's the first part. Uh, we then take them. Uh, we then find out which program they're interested in. Um, so it might be a case of uh, they're interested in going to Bali. Uh, for, for example, and they want to go for two weeks in Bali. Uh, well, Bali split up over the two months in, into two-week chunks. Right. Uh, what they're doing. Uh, and so, so, for example, there's um, July the 5th to, uh, for, for two weeks. There's August the 2nd for two weeks. Uh, right. So they can then choose with regards to which period suits them. Oh. Um, we then have a volunteer contract. Uh, and within inside the volunteer contract, it goes into a lot more detail about their like the next of kin, um, emergency contacts, uh, medical information do they have, so the medical form, um, what the code of conduct is uh, with, with, with the actual locals, what, what you're really going to. So it gives them more details about um, they are going to be interacting with the locals and you need to be sympathetic with them. Uh, right. and you've always got to remember that you're the foreigner going into that country. Yeah, uh, and, and try not the biggest thing I think uh, volunteers have is they have a way which works in the western world um, and they try and import part of that across uh, and the local people don't want that, uh, they, they just want to be empowered uh, and give them the knowledge for them to do it their own way and how they want to do it Yeah, uh, and that, that's very important and, our, our, and the second part of the, this part of the process of signing up uh, the volunteer contract goes through that uh, okay. and explains that to them with regards to what they're doing. It will also get them to sign up uh, at that point, depending on what location come and where they're coming from, the cost of how much it would be. Uh, so, so, for example, Bali uh, cost is, is, is around about um, eight, uh, between 800 to to $1,000, uh, depending on where, when they're going and where they're coming from. Okay. Uh, uh, with regards to how much they've got to raise for it. Uh, then they've got the, the flights and um, yeah, just the flights and their own insurance. Uh, to right. out. Uh, so it gives them a clear idea of, of what they've got to do, when they've got to raise it by, uh, and what the next steps are. Once they've gone through that process um, and, and they're then fully signed up, uh, we then get the, the – the, so like, for example, in, in uh, Mozambique, uh, we've got eight volunteers. We then connect them all up on WhatsApp. Uh, so then they're all talking to each other. Uh, they, can, they can ask questions about what they're doing, what, when they, what they're playing, any problems they've had. Uh, so they build up a rapport with each other before they actually go out to the program.
0: Nice. So it's uh, like they've already met each other and have a relationship.
1: Yes, 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 yes. It's all, all not all not brand new when they get there. So when they get there, uh, the idea is that they're, that they're already on the ground and running Uh, because they've already got a relationship with each other. They know what they like and what they do, and they'll have conversations. They might have video conferencing calls, uh, but but mainly chatting to each other over over WhatsApp.
0: Cool. And now there in the space, you must have equipment. How do you get that equipment? Do you get donations, like to teach the children how to swim, like flutter boards and whatever else?
1: Yeah, so... so One thing that's, so the RNLI I was talking about, uh, the Aquatic Survival Programme, which is the manual I was talking about earlier. Right. That goes through um, trying to help these low-resource in- low countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all very well sending donations out to them, which, which is good. Uh, it helps with the programmes. Uh, but once um, the programmes may be running for two or three years, of course, the equipment gets old. What do they do then? Uh, they can't get... That this type of equipment anymore they can't get the nice goggles they can't get the nice yeah. flutter boards that you're talking about um so what we try to do is um encourage them how they can make um floating devices using re- recycling
0: oh, cool.
1: um <clears throat> being able to build different things and that's what the, the RLI are really good at and, and part of their manuals is actually done uh, is to be able to produce the these type of things that the local people can make themselves uh, to, to empower them and encourage them to do it. Uh, so, so, we're very, very conscious of um, people potentially. Bring, it's nice to them to bring things out, and don't get me wrong, we're always after equipment to take out to these locations, like swimming right. goggles or swimming hats, which last for a long time. Uh, but we're also conscious we've got to make it sustainable right. uh, in, in the long term uh, and try and encourage the local people to, 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 to live within their means, where that's what they have and what they've got.
0: I would have never thought about making your own flotation device. That's awesome. Before we wrap up a little bit, um, I want to ask you, where do you see the aquatics industry in 20 years? And where do you want it to go?
1: So um, one thing the World Health Organization is trying to do uh, and the RLI are trying to do is get a UN resolution. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so the United Nations don't have a resolution around uh, drowning prevention in any way oh, whatsoever.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, uh, and if there, if there isn't a UN resolution, if there isn't a UN resolution to do a drowning prevention, then what, why should countries follow uh, and, and go forwards on that side? Right. Uh, so, so, uh, the, the, so, the bigger picture for, for Swim tiger is um, one to try and assist in doing that. Um, but we also try and we work from uh, the bottom up. Uh, whereas the UN, World Health Organization, the RLI work from the top down, so they're trying to get governmental uh, countries and bits and pieces involved. uh, Whereas Mm -hmm. We're we're going from the the bottom up, uh, but working closely with with the World Health Organization with regards to what they do and how they do things. Uh, So the idea being is eventually we'll meet in the middle uh, in different locations. uh, So where they need to get certain things in place, put in place, um, the local communities already know about swimming programs and drowning prevention. Uh, and so they'll hopefully make the step going forwards for them an easier process
0: okay.
1: uh, with, with regards to what they're doing. Um, with regards to swim Taika, um, my, my vision for it is, is to make it like a, um, a, a big organization and with regards to supporting many organizations around the world, um, it can get as big as it wants to, uh, as big as it needs to. Uh, but at the end of the day, as long as as uh, as long we're providing a good quality service to people to be able to truly help with regards to what they're doing. Uh, and the more people that get involved, the more people that volunteer uh, and help us grow, it means then we can help and reach out to more countries in the world, which essentially then reaches out to more children. Yeah. Uh, so, so 20 years is a long way away from me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? When I ask everyone this question, they're like, whoa. I did not expect that, (laughs) but, but I like to hear everyone's response, right? Because everyone wants it to go in mostly the same direction, more awareness, more children learning how to swim that yeah, we, kind of way. Everyone has a different idea of how it's going to veer that way. Yeah.
1: I, I think, I think with like a, a swimming charity, like we are, um, there's never an ending. Uh, we're right. always going to need to be able to help people. If, if you're doing like a, uh, if you working for a charity where it's about trying to cure something and put research into something that you have a goal, uh, the the goal is to basically eradicate. So, so you're no longer there as a charity, you're no longer needed Right. Uh, with something that we're doing. It's, 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 it's never ending it'll be, always be here we'll always have water on the earth yeah um, and it's just really getting out and, and the more people there are on the earth the more people need to be aware about it uh so it's 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 for it's going to be a, a never ending cycle it will, it will go way beyond regards to my life my my lifespan <laughs> my my lifespan and i um, i i suppose as as, as charity yes um Um, I'm I'm the founder and and built it up and and make, make things move forwards. Right. But I'm also very conscious of the fact that I can make it grow. So size a certain size uh, regards to my knowledge and be able to do things so, so we're trying to get more people in uh, who are specialists in, in special areas special, specialise in the legal side specialise in program management um, right. specialise in fundraising that, that are um, subject matter experts in drowning prevention or swimming teaching or the environment uh, all different aspects of those those sides right uh, to, to be able to do things
0: cool in all of your locations, do you have pools or do you teach in the ocean as well?
1: Okay, uh, very good question. Uh, we always try and teach in swimming pools, uh, or wherever we are. Um, but it gets us, um, and in fact, in fact, all our locations do have swimming pools, and we insist that they do have swimming pools. Oh, okay. Um, the, the RNLI that I was referring to, they have a method uh, to be able to teach in the sea as well. Uh, and again, using local, using local raw materials, using fishing lines and using uh, buoys or buoys, um, right. to make like what we call like lane ropes that we use using the swimming pools. Yeah. Um, they cordon off an area uh, just. Within the sea, that's just designated as, as like the swimming area. Okay. Uh, they would then comb um, that area with regards to what's on the bot- bottom of the s- bottom uh, in the sand to make sure it's all safe and there's no dangerous objects, bits and pieces, and just stay within inside that area. Right. Uh, so they do have it, uh, but it depends on the location of where you are in the world. Um, some places you get dead calm sea. Some places you get waves all the time, so it's not practical. Uh, but we, all, yeah. we, we always try and work with the locals to have it in swimming pools wherever possible. And swimming pools can be private swimming pools mm-hmm. and they can be public swimming pools. It, it depends where, where they are. Uh, and that, I suppose that's where the, the advantage of us working with the local NGOs and local charities is they already have those connections. Right. Uh, and, and they, they can work with, with those uh, people well, one, one thing I didn't mention uh, that, that's what we try to what we always do inside our programs is for the local children all our swimming programs are free for them uh, so they don't have to pay a penny uh, okay. so we'll, we'll collect them from wherever they're going from we'll, we'll pay for the transportation to be able to get to the location the higher of the pools if there's any cost involved in that uh, any equipment so everything for, for the child is free. Uh, and that, that's what we try and encourage where, wherever we go. Because uh, we, we, we believe it should be a free lesson. Uh, yeah, you know, Pay for it.
0: That is amazing. And now last question. Where do you go? Which location <laughs> do you go?
1: So um, I've been to a number of our programs. Uh, in fact, we had a program. So I've been to uh, Peru, um, Dominican Republic uh, and set those programs up. Um, but what I found useful for me is that so I, I've done a lot of traveling. Um, I've travelled for uh, a good three or four years, uh, so I've been out the country and just, just travelled everywhere and, and done what, I've, what I set out to do. Right. Um, but when we got back from travelling, it was more a case of I need my, my main use for running the charity and building the charity up is not necessarily being out on the programmes. Um, it's about staying in the UK because I'm, I'm from the UK. Uh, I'm building my connections in the UK. Uh, I'm building up the charity here, uh, getting the people and getting the core foundation of the charity actually built. Um, getting the swimming teachers out to those locations so they can then run it uh, and that that way we can empower people to to run our programs uh, and for me to stay back in the UK I I actually got myself a dog uh, which then stops me going out to these locations, and that, that wasn 't the main reason for getting a dog, but that that, that holds me back from and if i didn 't have a dog to be all honest i 'll be out to all these locations uh, and help them with the programs but oh, that wow. wouldn't, that wouldn 't help me build up um, relationships in 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 europe in in North America or right. state. Uh, the only way I can do that is by being in the UK to be able to meet people and and people if they're over here and see them and um, make sure they understand with regards to what we're doing because uh, it's even even though we do have the internet we can chat face to face. There's nothing more than actually actually meeting people, exactly. uh, and, and inter- direct, directly. Uh, so that, that's that's what I'm mainly doing at the moment. Yes, I do go out to programs and yes, I do do things. So
0: cool. Is there anything else you want to say before we?
1: Uh, wrap up no i I suppose there's different ways people can can get involved um being swimming teachers that's one Mm -hmm. way uh people can donate uh if if they wanted to donate money if they wanted to uh so that's swimtyker.org um forward slash donate uh they can donate anytime um we also have um an english channel relay team uh we have a number of those which um Uh, which we put together each year because I've signed the English Channel back in 2013. And since then, I've encouraged people to to go in relay teams. uh, And they basically raise money for the charity. uh, But as a result, they get to swim the English Channel uh, as part of it, which is quite epic for a lot of people to do. That's
0: really Uh, cool, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and people basically come across. And, and they raise a lot of money for the charity. So if you, anyone wants to get involved um, in swimming the English Channel, whether it's a solo or part of a relay, uh, that then we, 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 we do that as well. Um, and likewise, if, if people want to get involved in, in the core business and what we're doing, uh, if they have a particular skill, um, we're, we're about to advertise um, a number of our core skills that we're after uh, with, with inside the organisation from, from a, a higher level. Uh, So if people want to get involved in that way and have the time to be able to do things, uh, then we're open to to volunteers helping on that side. Uh, So so there's various ways that you can help out. That's Uh, awesome. Because all organizations need to be able to run at the core uh, to be able to support and be able to do all our programs.
0: Awesome. I will definitely link all those ways that uh, people can get involved in the show notes today. Okay. Well, Brian, thank you. It was a pleasure having you on. I'm so excited about your organization and I hope to be a volunteer in the near future. So thank you for coming on.
1: And thank you for the time. It's been really wonderful being able to get out the message to everybody. And I look forward to seeing you on one of our programs one year.
0: Hey guys, so I hope you got as much from that episode as I did. I think this initiative is amazing and we are taking one more step in the right direction. So if you guys want to get involved with Swim Tyka, please go to the show notes and I have linked their emails and website and please subscribe to my podcast, share, like, and comment on this video, because even if you might not want to get involved right now or at any point, someone else will. So please share it out with your friends and your colleagues. Have a great week, guys.